is. And we're looking at different characteristics of God, different things about who he is. And uh, for this coming month, we're looking at this idea of God is united. God is united. I think it might say that up there, yeah. You can see it up there, over there. And so we're looking at that understanding as God being united. And um, we're going to hear a couple, well, we're actually going to hear one Bible verse read twice, I think. And I think, uh, is it Millie and Harry, I think? They're going to come and read that out for us. So we're going to hear it first in the uh, NIV, New International Version, and then also in the message, because sometimes the message says it in kind of more everyday language, and sometimes that's helpful for us. So we're going to hear that, and then we're going to think about God being united. So great, go for it, Millie. Yeah, you do that one, yeah. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love he predestined us for adoption to, son, to, son, to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will, to praise his glorious grace which is freely given us in the one he loves. Long before he laid down earth's foundation, he had us in mind, had settled on us as focus of his love to be made holy and whole and holy by his love. Long, long ago, he decided to adopt us into his family through Jesus Christ. What pleasure he took in planning this. He wanted us to enter into the celebration of his lavish gift giving by the hand of his beloved son. Brilliant. Thank you both. It's great, isn't it? And this idea of God being united, we begin with the idea of God being our Father. And uh, next week we'll look at God being Son, and the week after that we'll look at God being Spirit, Holy Spirit. And so we'll think about those different aspects of God's identity. But we begin with this understanding of God being our Father. And this passage speaks about us being adopted into his family. And so there is a great Christian charity. I want to show you a second video. And this is from that charity. And it's called Home for Good. And uh, we've uh, mentioned it before some years ago. And it uh, encourages Christians to take serious the challenge of whether they'd be willing to adopt or foster children to bring them into the family. And they've put this great resource together, this great video that's speaking on this passage on this subject. So let's watch this video now. I've loved you before we even met. 
I loved you so much, I could not leave you waiting for a family, alone and vulnerable, feeling guilty and lost in a messed up world. It was because of love that I chose you. It wasn't easy, but no sacrifice was too great, no wait was too long, and I knew there'd be challenges from the get-go. But that was never going to be a deal breaker, because I wanted so much to be your father. Not just in name at a ceremony, but in the ordinary, day-to-day -day moments, every day. I hoped you would come to trust and feel secure as part of our family, to be able to learn, to feel close to those who love you. And there have been times when I know you've sensed that. My love for you is unconditional. Nothing you can do will ever stop me loving you. In my eyes, you will always be my longed for, fought for child. Your ever loving father, God. and love that every Christian receives from our Father God as we are welcomed into his family can be passed on to others. Today there are thousands of children in the UK care system who need to experience acceptance, welcome and unconditional love. They need fathers and father figures, mothers and mother figures. Could you accept as you have been accepted? Could you welcome as you have been welcomed? Could you love as you have been loved? Together we can find a home for every child who needs one. Not all questions are equal, are they? Some questions carry greater weight than others. And this question, who am I, is one of those biggest questions that we have. Who, who am I? And the Bible speaks very clearly through this idea of adoption, that we are his adopted, beloved children, each and every one of us. Sometimes we, like the child in the video, question that. We think that somehow our behavior will mean that we will stop being loved. Folks, that's legalism, posh word. I'll talk more about it another time if we have more time. But it's legalism that thinks that if our behavior isn't good enough, then we will be no longer children of God, beloved children of God. That, that isn't what this is about. God the Father loves you, loves me, loves each one of us so much that there is nothing that you can do that would ever separate you from that except your own choice. And sometimes we do that, don't we? Our perception of whether we will be loved or our experiences positive and negative of our own upbringing sometimes mean that we put ourselves on the proverbial naughty step or removed from God's presence. And God hasn't removed us, but we remove ourselves. Sometimes our actions, our choices, 
mean that we pursue a different agenda, a different way than God's best for our life. I get that. But God loves you so much that he sent Jesus. He sent himself to come and to show his love to you. But I'm getting ahead of myself. That's next week. God the Son. We are all adopted. We are all chosen. And through grace, we can put our faith into action and say, I welcome and I accept that I am loved by you. It's who I am, the song, sing, song says. That I am loved by you. And it requires us to be brave. The braver response to a God who loves is saying, I choose to accept that I am loved, no matter what. That your love is never in doubt. That you have made a way for me to be in that relationship with you. And I respond by saying, I love you too. It is a response. We don't have to make that response. A lot of people choose not to acknowledge that God exists as their father, that God wants a relationship, personal relationship with them. That's their choice. But for many of us, we identify as Christians because we say, I recognize the work of Jesus. I accept him into my life. I recognize that I need a, a Lord and a Savior. And I choose to walk with you, Jesus, to transform the lives of not only myself, but of others. So it does take us to be brave, to recognize that we need that relationship, that deeper roots that the banner speaks about. But I also want to challenge us, all of us, not just the men here, about the influence that we can have upon our next generation. Within the wider church of the black country, through something called Love Black Country, I've mentioned this before, there is a, a, a moving, a growing uh, uh, decision to say as the church that we recognize the role that we as adults can play in the lives of our children. That we can throw our arms around them and say, let us invest in you. Many of us in this room might not call ourselves experienced children's workers or youth workers, and we look to others and say, they can do it, not me. But like Kath has been encouraging us, we can all make a difference by mentoring uh, young people, and that's in process, isn't it, Kath? But there is always room for more mentors, people who can make a difference in the life of our young people and children. But each of us definitely can make a difference. We can make a difference by letting our kids make noise, because they love to make noise, don't they? And us as grown-ups can get a bit grumpy, can't we, about the noise? And I know that, and sometimes, you know, we need to encourage our kids to make less noise in certain moments, but it isn't always an exact science, and sometimes it doesn't work. But they're trying to express themselves. And as we spoke about our last dedication here, sometimes us as grown-ups just need to take it on the chin, don't we? And say, we want to make space for our children. We want to make space for our young people to be able to express themselves, to be able to grow, to be able to ask the challenging questions that they're asking. And folks, our teenagers ask challenging questions, and it is good that they ask those questions because they are growing up in a world where they become the, the, the culture shapers. And they are looking to us for wisdom, but not just to be told what to do. They are looking 
for people who are willing to listen to those questions and journey with them. So the braver thing that I want to ask each of you to do is to consider is what difference can you make in the life of our children and young people? Maybe that's getting involved in our children's groups on a Sunday. Maybe it's involved in being involved in our youth groups during the week. Maybe it's involved in setting something up. I know Kath really wants to set up other age-specific groups during our weeks. Maybe it's to mentor young people. Maybe it's just to pray or to say, you know what, I'm putting my hand in my pocket to pay away. Maybe it's like Lynn has been doing, hosting a youth worker. Maybe it's saying, I'm going to make clear a spare room so that I can host someone as we move forward. Whatever it is, would you make a difference? Would you say, I am going to invest in our next generation? Because it takes all of us to make that difference, that they can be the change makers. Would you do that? Would you consider that? Prayerfully, seriously, the difference that you can make. That we can become father figures, mother figures to our children. Let's pray. Father, I want to thank you for those who have invested in me. Those who have been those father figures, those mother figures. Lord, we thank you. I just want to pause now internally and uh, I want to encourage each of you just to think about those individuals. We can do something creative in a moment. But just to think of those individuals, picture their faces and thank God for them. Think about their characteristics. What made them good examples? Lord, we picture them now in our minds and we thank you for them. But we also, Lord thinking about how to be braver. Recognise our need to recognise that we are daughters and sons of you. And so come Holy Spirit now and do a work in us. Where, that, where the enemy we'd want to speak against, that would want to question our sonship, our daughtership, our adoption into your family. We speak against the work of the enemy where that, in that regard. And we say in Jesus' name, come and set us free. Uh, come and bring revelation to our hearts and our lives that we can be your sons and daughters, not just in name, but also in spirit and in heart. That we can, with boldness, rise up and know that we are special in your sight, not because of anything we have done, but because of who you are and who we are in relationship to you. And help us to discover what it might mean to walk with you, to transform lives. Help us, God, each of us, to do that, we pray. Amen. So as I said, we're going to do this creatively as well. And what I love to do is just on your tables, you see lots of different colored bits of paper. Those faces that you brought to mind, those father figures, why don't you write their name down and uh, staple them into rings to make a paper chain like you see on the screen. So write down the names, just grown-ups, it's time to get creative. You, you do this as well, and then we can make a big long paper chain and we can see the difference that all these men have made. So all of us, think of a name, think of someone, you can do as many as you like, there's plenty. Write them down quickly, someone grab the stapler, staple them together, let's make a big paper chain all together. And if some of the uh, family team, all-age team can come and help, 
that'd be great. So Lisa and, and John and, and uh, uh, Kath and the others. Uh, Jan, if you're around as well, can you come and help people to make these paper chains now? Thanks. <laughs>